And if I do die, I want to die in an explosion while people oh, yeah. walk away from it in slow motion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Trey, I've already signed you up for that, too. Nice. Um, <laughs> I cleared the schedule for that one, too. Yeah. Right. Both of you guys, he, you're already on the list. Oh, yeah. He, he died right there. <laughs> and we were walking away. <laughs> Trey was like, are you rolling? Are you rolling? Are we, do we at least film it? Someone's like, oh, lens cap was on. Can we run that back? <laughs> I want to be an accident in the film to always be remembered by. Um, Garen's like, did he get shot or, you know, did did something happen? And I accidentally said, it's like, no, there was a massive explosion. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing left of him. Um, I think we found part of his beard in the parking lot. <laughs> Welcome back to Cinevives, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. We have an awesome episode for you today, and we could talk about so many different things and so many different avenues that this person's working in, but we'll let the episode do the speaking for us. Yeah. This is an incredibly talented individual, someone that really understands not just the art forms he's working in, but also himself, which we talk mm-hmm. a lot about in this episode and how important that is. And that's Garen Hyde. So Garen definitely drops a lot of amazing nuggets, uh, to take a word from uh, Editor Trey. Uh, at least he, 20 this time. <laughs> at least 20. I've, I've learned my lessons since last time. Uh, he, he dropped a lot of amazing uh, honestly, it borders philosophy. A lot of it does delve into philosophy and a lot. I think this is one of the most personal podcasts we've had. He was very uh, open with a lot of what yeah. he had to say, his own personal experiences. So I think that you will definitely gain a lot from listening to him. Uh, and you, I promise you, you will feel like you are best friends with this man by the end of the episode yeah for sure and with that being said without further delay (laughs) and with no no further waiting here's garen hyde the delve in 12 the 12 deepest questions to knowing someone and we're gonna find out more about you yeah these are the deepest questions we could come up with here at cinevibes so you better be ready i am so (laughs) ready (laughs) Question one, city with the best pizza you've ever had, and what style? Oh, my God. <laughs> you start off with the hardest first. Yes. Uh, I see exactly what you did here. Um, I, I have to say, just for the sheer volume, I have to say a New York slice of pizza. Yeah. Uh, okay. I had some in Brooklyn probably about six, seven years ago, and... Uh, and it was, if I can remember correctly, it was called uh, uh, Mama Picado, and it was a very hole in a wall in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And this place just knew what to do. It was, <laughs> it was it had thin. The secret. <laughs> it was secret, exactly. They knew the secret. Um, and but 
I didn't go wild. Uh, I got um, uh, like a minced garlic pepperoni, mm-hmm. just a standard kind of slice of pizza. And it uh, it made me question my sexuality. It was wonderful. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. when you know you've had Dang. a solid piece of pizza. That's, That's a good piece of pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. So name a movie you wish you had made or name a movie you wish you had been in. That's really, really, um, it's both an easy and difficult question. Um, I think I'm such a fan of period pieces and then on the flip side, Mm sci-fi. So Mm -hmm. I would have loved to been in a film like Braveheart or an epic tale of of love and war. Um, Mm -hmm. But also on the flip side, one of my favorite films is, is Fifth Element. Fifth Element. And to, and to play one of those crazy, wild, kooky, colorful characters oh, yeah. on there would have been, I, kill me tomorrow. That would have been <laughs> perfect. Been perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of an easy question. I, I think, yeah. I think awesome. anything that resembles a period piece or anything super sci-fi and, and wild and colorful, I'm, I'm all about. So. I was thinking Braveheart just right off the bat. In it's the beard in a tray. It's the beard. Yeah. <laughs> also, though, I'm curious. This is kind of a double question on this one. I want to hear what uh, film you wish you had made because I know you uh, have that aspect in your creative arsenal. Um, good question, Trey. And coming from another director writer, um, I have a piece that I wrote. Wow, four or five years ago. Uh, it's called Hang Dog, mm-hmm. and. It's a post-apocalyptic piece, but not fo- focused around um, zombies and really end of times. It's I think more of like a like a fallout situation where they're rebuilding, and okay. so there's settlements, and it's this really beautiful story of a man who's down on his luck, um, doesn't have much to go off of, but he's trying to keep a family going, not his family, but a family that has adopted him, mm-hmm. and um. This whole time in the post-apocalyptic world, he is working for insulin uh, because he, if you could just think about needing insulin mm-hmm. when the world shuts down, yeah. uh, that's scary. Essential. That's scary to think about. Something so simple. Uh, but it's, um, but yeah, he's working for that. He's working for, to keep himself barely alive. And the story takes some wild twists and turns. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's a beautiful story that will take budgeting. It will take a substantial crew and cast and yeah. you guys know this to be true. That's, uh, that's easier said than done these days. Yes. Mm. So, um, this would be a substantial project much, I think Trey much bigger than probably you and I, anything you and I've ever done. Um, sure, yeah. it's, uh, and it's, it would be a feature and, uh, or at least close to a feature, maybe a featurette. And, um, yeah, it's just the great, the, the grand aspect or the grandness of, of it all would be, a lot to do, uh, but it's not off not off the table. Um, mm-hmm. I'll get there awesome. one of these days. I'll get there one of these days. Well, I'm already signing up to be a part of it. So. Yeah. Well, you kind of already are. So. <laughs> Even if you <laughs> said, Garen, I'm busy. I'm sorry. But yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> sorry, you're doing it. I've already cleared your schedule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kidding you know, By the way, I I'm don't know if you know you already this. talked to my boss about that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> one last thing for me to do. Um, <laughs> Moving on, I want to revisit that. Maybe, if not this episode, another one. But I would love that, yeah. Question three, if you could go back and change one decision in your life, what would it be? This is include ex-girlfriends. 
<laughs> no. Um, <laughs> hey, it could be everyone builds you up. Everyone builds you up. Um, I would say I'm, I'm going to get a little bit real with you guys really quick. Mm, yeah, please do. Um, my mother was diagnosed and died of cancer all within about three months um, mm. back in the end of 2017 into 2018. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother and father were both very encouraging of my creative habits growing up. Mm-hmm. And my mother kept me grounded while my father was the hippie and just said, yeah, son, let's get you a drum kit. Yeah, son, let's, <laughs> let's get you that thing that you could put on your arms, that, you know, you jump off a cliff and you're, you're a bird, you know, in anything that would encourage me to try something or be creative. My parents did a great job, but my mother, more importantly, it's, uh, you boys know this, um, no matter what you have with your mother, she's still your mom. And moms are always the grounded rock of any young man's life. Yeah. And when that's taken, um, everything gets out of whack and I don't care who you are. I don't care what the situation is. And I wish I could go back to a year before that Mm -hmm. because I have a good feeling she hit a lot and she didn't tell us a lot. One of the main reasons Trey and, uh, and Kenneth, it's so good to be able to get to know you during this because Trey knows that I was very verbal about that whenever that was going down mm-hmm. on social media. And I got a, back, a lot of backlash from family because wow. of that. Why are you posting this? This is embarrassing. Mm. You know, why do you want to show a picture of her with her head shaved and crouched over and looking frail? And I said, because she's not. Yeah. She's not speaking her story, so I need to tell the story. Mm. And crazy how everything goes back to telling a story, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want, I wish I could save her in a sense, um, talk to her in a more deeper, meaningful level that we could get ahead of it. And maybe she would still be around, Mm. you know, and we could continue her story. Yeah. But, um, it is what it is. And that's, that's a loaded question, Trey, because it would be nice for me to, to want to think about doing that. But now that I'm really thinking about it, I wouldn't really want to go back and change anything. Mm-hmm. It's put me in the position now of yeah. learning from all of it, yeah, and trying to be better nice. because of it. That's a that's a good perspective to have on it. I think it's a good perspective. Of anything anyone coming out of twenty twenty, yes, um, yeah. we've lost a lot. All three mm-hmm. of us, we've lost a lot, mm-hmm. and we've also gained some of this stuff too. Some beautiful things, and um, Trey, even more importantly, you know that wonderful wife of yours. Um, <laughs> Being yeah. able to be there and photograph that for you was just, thank you. Thank you for letting me be a part of that. Because I got to see a friend start a new chapter, start a new story. And yeah. uh, and that was just so cool. Sorry I'm roping your marriage into this, but it's, uh, <laughs> hey, it's, it's nice. It's yeah, nice. we like to dive in past filmmaking because, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, the filmmaker mm-hmm. that is the most important part. And yeah. Like you said, all we're trying to do is tell stories, and lo and behold, our life happens to be a story. Mm, and the great what if, could yeah. I have done something different? Yeah. That's like the age-old question, and that's a great, it's a great perspective and probably has fueled a lot of your creative passions even since then. Um, in some I think it should fashion. with a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. I think they need, to, I think they need to, to really dive in and make those mental notes of, does this affect me in real life? Is this mm-hmm. something that 
is making me feel a certain way, I need mm-hmm. to make a note of this, a mental note, because that may spark something in my creative endeavors in the future. So yeah. uh, much like my mother dying, that was it was a it was almost like a swift kick in the pants to get my act together. And it's been slow because of loss and 2020 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. things happening and um, life. Life. Yeah. Um, I think in 2020, and not to dive too deep in this because I really don't want to get too personal with this, but in 2020, thinking about things to go back and change, uh, 2020 was a rough year for everyone. Uh, however, 2020 was the year that I lost someone that I was going to marry. She mm. up and left, went to another state, went across the country, wow. uh, ran across. I mean, and it was a lot of what was going on with, you know, things with her, but lost a relationship I thought I was going to marry. And and that came with, you know, stepchildren that I got become close to. Mm-hmm. And then my parents and my grandparents both passed away months from each other. And then two friends to COVID. And then it was like a snowball that year. And right. 2021 wasn't any better, but... But I think about things from a, sp- a perspective and point of view of we have a tendency to really get locked on to what is happening negative in our lives. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy yeah. to fall over and just wallow in our own mm-hmm. you know, crap. But at the end of the day, we need to find ways to use it, use it to be a catalyst or use it to be a bouncing board to something that will bring us some joy, bring us some happiness yeah. because Push it has to be forward. balance. Yeah, there has to be balance in all this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting really wordy. I'm getting I'm rambling, but um, but I'm just taking. No, notes it's all here. it's all it's all good stuff. And I think <laughs> there was uh, one thing that was mentioned is uh, personal life and creativity. I think that was a great thing that was brought up in there. Is you know it can fuel your creativity, and I feel like you know personally, I always felt like I had nothing to say. Right. But yet, as Why in did like, you think that? creatively, like stories wise, I never really thought of that uh, before. But now recently I've started thinking more and more about, you know, my life uh, and seeing things through my lens and the way I see things and starting to interpret that and telling stories like that. I've started to get more and more into that in the past few years. And so I I don't know. I feel like uh, it's it's a good thing to take you know, let a little bit of the personal in as well. And I, I thank you so much for sharing. Jackson, let the pain in. Yes. Let the pain in a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that you're going to really make that good idea better. Yeah. Is if you know that it comes with a level of reality and a level of grounded, you know, behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey, I know you've been humbled several times because of your pain and because of things you've been going through in life. And Especially, you know, and again, I hate to bring in other people into this conversation, but your wife, the, the, the God, the sheer amount of crap that she's had to deal with just yeah. to just to keep breathing and keep walking. That to me shows not only how important and beautiful a person she is, but how she adds to you and what you're doing creatively. You know, it almost it's like, God, she's the toughest chick I know. You know she, if she can go through this, I can be able to create the next thing. And, and Kenneth, that's, it's a beautiful thing that you're allowing yourself to listen to yourself because in the grand scheme of being a storyteller, a lot of people don't, a lot of people push it away. And I'm proud that you didn't proud that you're like, you know what? No, I'm going to dive into this. I'm going to really figure this out. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah. it takes guts, man. It takes guts. Yeah, it's uh, definitely something that has helped me in the past few years understanding who I am as a person. But question number four, what is your most irrational fear? You guys really know how to ask questions here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just you wait. I told you, these are, it gets better. <laughs> First and foremost, I think a lot of people can side with me on this one. Dying alone. Mm-hmm. I, well, and in reality, we're all going to die alone. It's it's one of those things yeah. where that's just what's going to happen. But, and if I do die, I want to die in an explosion while people oh, yeah. walk away from it in slow motion. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Trey, I've already signed you up for that, too. Nice. Um, <laughs> I included the schedule for that one, too. Yeah. Right. Both of you guys, he, you're already on the list. Oh, yeah. He, he died right there. Exactly. <laughs> and we were walking away. Trey was like, are you rolling? Are you rolling? Are we, do we at least film it? Someone's like, oh, lens cap was on. Can we run that back? <laughs> I want to be an accident in the film to always be remembered by. Um, Garen's like, did he get shot or... You know, did did something happen? I accidentally said, it's like, no, there was a massive explosion. <laughs> there, was, there was nothing left of him. Um, I think we found part of his beard in the parking lot. Um, no, there's, um, there's, I think the idea of dying alone is the idea for me that, oh, man, um, that I, that I will, I will come to a point in my life where I feel like, I'm too wrapped up into the things that, I, that are going on in my life mm-hmm. um, that I won't be able to truly enjoy the idea of companionship. But I know that's false too, because I, I value companionship. I value camaraderie. I value a partner. And um, yeah. but it's that idea. I think it's that kind of um, you know crisis in Virto, That 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 idea that that if someone kind of comes into your life. And leaves, which is something I'm very used to right now, of mm-hmm. of love coming in and leaving me. Um, it's one of those things where you try not to base your whole life around it. You try not to yeah. base your sense of um, worth off of that. So I guess my irrational fear would be not to really base my self-worth on anyone else's opinions of me. Mm-hmm. And and I think that can ring true with a lot of people maybe listening is yeah. that we uh, we think too much about that. And that's definitely my irrational fear that just sticks right there in my brain. Yeah. Um, most creators have that. Most creators mm-hmm. have that, that doubt, that looming oh, dark, yeah. you know, cloud of We're our own worst critics, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, God, that's so frustrating. Oh, man. I definitely know for you, if somehow everyone that you knew was gone and you were laying there, on a stretcher or whatever, like you would, if you could speak, or even if you could just move your eyes, somehow you would make your best friend with the person <laughs> carrying you into the hospital to die. You're so sweet you would man, not Trey. be alone. Mm-hmm. You're a sweet man, Trey. I thank you. I I, um, I don't think you meet any strangers. I don't. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a gift that I want to give everybody. Oh, That's yeah. a gift I can freely give without thinking about it. And I do often without thinking about it. Yeah. It's, I mean, if we were to do this in person, Kenneth, I would, you know, I'd probably walk into the room. I'd give Trey, you know, some big embarrassing hug because he knows <laughs> I, I do those things. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Kenneth, you and I would have a secret handshake by the end of this. So it's oh, like yeah. <laughs> walking, walking away from walking away from this and realizing that that is that fear that I have is completely irrational. Mm-hmm. Just like the question asked. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I love, 
I love the fact that that's not a th- that shouldn't be a thing for me, but it is, right. mm-hmm. and yeah. and I'm working on it every single day. Yeah. So, but Trey, thank you for that little reminder that that helped make my day. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bigger question for you. Oh God, it gets bigger. Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> eating in or dining out? Eating in, eating in, dude. Wow. Didn't, oh, even um, no, didn't even finish. Didn't even finish. Like, yes. don't get me wrong. Takeout's great. DoorDash, mm-hmm. you know, Postmates. Don't get me wrong. That's convenient. It's quick. But when you put a little bit of love into some cooking, oh my god, <laughs> we're about to get sexy. <laughs> <laughs> about to make some. Felt like a garlic Brussels commercial is about to start. I actually make a mean garlic brussel alfredo that will just knock your pants mm. off because I, I i like caramelize and burn the brussels almost Ooh. and and then you add like um and it's not just alfredo sauce uh i do like a sun-dried tomato oh, alfredo yeah. mm. and it's just that with brussels mm. i'm not supposed to eat tomatoes right now. <laughs> but i would uh definitely try some for that i think uh i think cooking is more than a love language oh yeah I think cooking is is something that brings people together. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. food will just bring all the goodness to you. Yeah. Um, I can definitely tell you've got the radio on in the kitchen and you're just going to town. <laughs> it's, Marvin it's, Gaye it's, and just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, an episode of the Caressing the oven, you know? <laughs> touching it. Touching the fridge sensually as oh, I look yeah. inside of her, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We're getting crazy here. Okay. Oh, my God. Back it up. Back it up. Well, we do have three questions about food-related things. Oh, good. We've got more. We've got more. Now that we know that you're hypersexualized over food, Karen, we're going to ask you a few more questions. We found your... uh, We're only five questions in, and we already found your ticking... (laughs) Your ticking questions. Love this. Um, So what do you think is the meaning of life? Yeah. Yeah, just throw that How, one in there. Sprinkle what? that on top. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my God. I think you've dropped about 10 of them so far, and I love yeah, them all. Yeah, seriously. I think I'm going to go the Keanu route here. Mm. About to start I trying. think the meaning of life is realizing that once we're gone, we will be missed. Mm-hmm. And so let's not go so quickly. Yes. Let's realize what we're meant to do on this earth and fucking do it. Just do mm-hmm. it. Just make a move to get past a fear and yeah. do something do something in your life that brings a sense of joy, not to everyone else, but to yourself, because you will be gone. Mm-hmm. You will be gone. That's we talked about earlier. That's inevitable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not create something? Why not? leave a story to tell when you go. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the best thing that I can think of as far as a life yeah. lesson is concerned or what the meaning of life is, is to leave your story, to leave your story behind. Because yeah. that's the only thing that will carry on. Yeah, that's amazing. Not, yeah. A, bo- not a body, not a money, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not a movie. Yeah, you know, Scratch that. Yes, to a movie, because that's a story. <laughs> that's a story you can yes. be left behind for others to it's watch. Impact. But, Mm-hmm. But yeah, leaving behind your story. Yeah. You touched on the fact of just not going too quickly. And as someone who's been practicing meditation for the past few years, it's definitely 
you know, I used to rush all the way home when I would get off work or do uh, when I'm driving is always focused on driving the fastest to get to where I'm going. And Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm walking the same thing, but now it's more of, you know, take my time, enjoy my time to myself. And same thing uh, when it comes to days off is I don't have to be busy all the time. I can enjoy myself. Exactly, Kenneth. That is, you, you're getting it. You're starting to get it. That is the, that's a very important thing you brought up. Just the fact of, oh man, Trey, back me up on this. Um, being able to realize that slow and steady really can win the race. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to not only preparing something where you're working with lots of people, but let's scale it back to just yourself. You taking the time, Kenneth, dude. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't do that. Yeah. A lot of people realize that, oh, if I if I don't get something massively accomplished today, then it's, you know, I'm worthless. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have that worth in myself. Yeah. Yeah. And you've realized, no, like, let me take my time with this. this mm-hmm. There's no race. There's no race. Yeah. I've had kids in their 20s come up to me and say, hey, Garen, you know, like, you know, I see you doing this and I see you doing that. Like, you know, I have this idea for something. It's like, and I asked them, how old are you? And they're like. 22. And I'm like, um, <laughs> you have your whole life ahead of you. Like, yes. like seriously, like fuck off for the next eight years. Mm. And then in your thirties, <laughs> then start to maybe do a few things. That's when that's to me, that's always been whenever I hear someone tell me that kind of stuff, Kenneth, that makes mm-hmm. me feel so good. It's like, Oh yeah. man, another, another, another guy gets it. Another, oh, yeah. another person understands or starting, they're starting to understand it. And not to go too far off the rails here, but I mean, that's the, the world we live in. It's like mm-hmm. you're programmed at 17 or 18, you got to go to college, you got to make a career, get all your ducks in a row, and mm-hmm. you don't even know what you want to do till you're 25 <laughs> at least. Yeah. I know I at did. Least. And at least. unfortunately, I was already done with college for four years, so that was <laughs> a fun thing to realize. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm right there with you. You just need to live a little bit. And, yeah. you know, everyone lives differently. And that's fine. Try. Mm-hmm. Fail. But you have Try to. Try again. Yeah. Fail again. You've mm-hmm. got to do it. And for us, like, that's just going to help everything we're doing. Oh, the yeah. stories we want to tell, the people we want to hang out with, collaborate you know, with. You know, sometimes, Trey, it's through those moments of stopping that Kenneth is doing, like right now, where he's like, no, I don't have to accomplish this great thing right away. I could take my time. I could take a day off. I could take a few days off. Mm-hmm. But realizing that that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's part of it. It's now if like you were hired to do something and you're sitting on your <laughs> yeah, ass, Kenneth, I'd be like, come nothing. on, bro. <laughs> but right. I know what you mean. It's it's yeah. not it's not work. We're talking about life. Mm-hmm. And um and that's he's Trey, so really... into it. He's actually not going to finish the podcast. You're just going <laughs> to sit there the rest of the time. That's right. Shots fired. <laughs> right. Love it. Uh, question seven. You're back in high school. It's the night of the annual oh, talent no. show. <laughs> what would you do? Uh, Macbeth. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing to do in high school. Um, I don't get it. Um, no, there's this, uh, I think talent show high school. Technically, let's talk about this for just a moment. 
I did talent show junior high school, and I did a just stirring rendition of uh, lip singing um, "Shake Your Booty" um, by the Bee Gees, wow. and nice. and I have to say, for a um, chubby nerd to have all the <laughs> cutest girls in ninth grade, oh, yeah. dancing around you. Mm-hmm was pretty much the highlight of my life. Um, and, <laughs> and everything's been downhill since, no. Um, <laughs> but I think thinking back in high school, I was very much a theater kid. I mm. was I was chasing down every silly role I could find in any production and mm. causing mayhem behind the, behind the, the curtains and backstage. <laughs> and I was, a, I was a nightmare <laughs> for my drama teacher. Um, so if I was to think about myself at that point in time, um, because there's lots of changes that happen from junior high to high, mm-hmm. and I would have to say, Trey, God, this is a good one. This is a good question. Um, I would probably do, I would probably do like a, a scene from like a movie. Mm. I'd probably rewrite a scene and do it for stage. Something funny, maybe something definitely having to do with like, a uh, comedian of some sort, a Robin Williams film, mm-hmm. um, something to actually entertain a high school group rather mm-hmm. than sing a song or tap dance or you know, lip sync. Yeah, yeah, Spitfire. Well, that would be amazing. Like, scratch <laughs> that now. I just want a Spitfire now. Hey, um, someone said they would probably bake, which I had never mm-hmm. thought of. Actually, that's like, interesting. Legit cooking on stage oh like i thought you meant like something. like baking oh. oh no that's a different type of talent. all right man here's my special talent i call <laughs> this uh, the whole j <laughs> just one hit it's all gone yeah. <laughs> falls asleep immediately into a catatonic state <laughs> yeah so yeah that's excellent. you are you are caught in the movie Groundhog Day. What song do you wake up to every morning? Wake me up before you go. Go definitely. I mean, that's <laughs> without a question of a doubt. That's the wow, first song. Nice. Day Usually- seven, though, you're not throwing the alarm across the room. <laughs> well, then it would just be like, "Wake me up, 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 up." <laughs> just be that echo, <laughs> that TikTok echo. Um, yeah, it would have to be something by Wham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hands down. Nice. Wham. All wham. That's every the day right wham. answer. Wham. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I knew I was going to eventually get one of these right. <laughs> All right. Our last food-related question. Oh. Is it caramel or caramel? <sighs> Let me ask this first. Where are both you guys originally from? The South. The South, yeah. Okay. Okay. He's on to it. He knows the tricks. <laughs> I I personally am going to have to say caramel because I believe even if you throw a southern accent on that, caramel, it's still oh yeah caramel mm-hmm. um, or caramel if, if you want mm-hmm. to say it like that. That's the way I would say it if I was saying put it, put it into a sentence. Yeah. But caramel? No. Caramel. <laughs> that doesn't even feel you right. You know what? Doesn't I'm even... right there with you. I, I, I'm in that camp as well. Uh, Trey, Good. he's in Carmel. You know, I love it. Every, every time, Trey, you go to ask the question, uh, you kind of pause before you say caramel because you have to think about how to pronounce it like caramel. 
That's fun. That's fun. And he did. He did. Yeah, he, 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 stopped, yeah. he stopped and he had to read it for a second because I knew your first instinct was caramel. Uh-huh. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. I think that's very oh, yeah. much a what have you been used mm-hmm. or used to saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Trey, you probably had several family members growing up that were just ingrained that into your brain. Oh, yeah. You know, I had a weird not to dive into my personal life. For oh, no reason, but <laughs> let's do it, please. <laughs> I lived in the South for a long time. Mm-hmm. Aside from five years of my life where I lived in Arizona. Oh. Of course, those five years were right in that breadbasket of there we like, go. junior high through part of high school. Mm-hmm. The big spot. So, like, years. my whole like, dialect changed. And mm. there's things I picked up that I still use because I still hear it in your voice. I hear that like I'm from the South, but Mm -hmm. I don't really sound like it. Like Ken doesn't either, but Mm -hmm. maybe he has more of those expressions because he's, you know, both of you don't have a alarming Southern accent. Yeah. Um, You know, I think he's got a, his mom's from uh, Chicago. I believe it was. So he's got that going for him. Mm -hmm. But no, that's a, it's always a question that, were were you born? You were born in the South, right? Born and bred, baby. Yeah. So <laughs> like Duke Mayo. That, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dukes. Excuse me. They're I gonna, love. I, there are only Dukes. For Trey, this only Dukes. There is no other. Okay. Miracle whip my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Miracle whip your ass. <laughs> <laughs> that plus uh, oh, Wonder Bread. Yeah. Hmm. Um. But no, you had mentioned uh, caramel. Saying it in the southern way, adding on the extra syllables. Uh, yeah, I yeah. grew up with so many people that would just add, like my mom's name is Maureen, and mm-hmm. they would. Uh, she had a friend that would always say, "It's Maureen." Mall M A W Maureen W. She she th- like her, her friend would throw that on, and my mom's from Chicago. She's like, <laughs> "What? That's what she just what's say? happening?" <laughs> yeah. But but Trey, going back to your caramel, that's southern as hell mm-hmm. when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Caramel, caramel. It's yeah, it's a just let it sit. Yeah, you just let it sit and just roll like almost like a like a like a piddly puke coming out of your mouth. <laughs> just caramel. That's um, a lot less appetizing now. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> now I don't want. Now I don't want caramel. Now I'm scarred. Car- um, caramel all day. Yeah. Caramel. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. You're welcome. Um, reminds me of a video I saw where a guy sneezed and he was like, "Bless you, thank you." Um, he actually said that to <laughs> no, himself. I've seen it was that great. Same video, yeah. He was. Did yes. he just? Did he, did he, did just, he just bless himself bless and thank himself. himself at the same time? Can he do Sorry. that? I need that kind of confidence. Uh, you need that sound bit for your show. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, we need a bunch Bless of you, sound bits. <laughs> so, college, is it worth it? Um, technical training and to the field of study you wish to further an education? Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people get lost in this muddy mix of, I have to go to school too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like when people are younger and asking me what to do yeah. or how to get to the next point. Uh, can't always tell them, oh, you're 20? <laughs> you're 21? Mm-hmm. Don't go to school. Like, don't. Mm. Not right now. Not until you understand what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of waste of time and money and frustrating, yeah. frustrating moments that lead other kids to 
get to 25, 26, 27 and realize they don't want to go back to school because it was a horrible experience, but they right. went too soon. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's an easy question. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's worth it if you wait. It's worth I'm, it if you wait. I'm right there with you. I think mostly towards the end of my uh, college tenure, I decide, I, I've started getting the grasp on what school was actually for. Um, so I definitely agree with you. I think that it does take time to appreciate what school is and what classes are. You know, Both of you guys went to college? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what are your what? degrees in? Graphic com- communications for me. Trade. Civil He's, engineering. This this guy. Civil engineering. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I know. Like, Neither one I was, of I was us talking to a civil engineer right now. Really Thanks. <laughs> Pressures. Yeah. It's way different yes. than what we're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like I'm definitely not using my degree right <laughs> no, now. What, that's a that's a hundred percent it. Like I figured out like halfway uh through college that I decided pursuing a career in film is what I wanted to do. Now, technically going into film production was not my forte. I was really wanting acting and I know graphic communications is nowhere near that, but it kind of gave me some uh, creative aspects and stuff. Uh, But if I could go back again, it probably would be different. I probably would have chosen a different path, but that definitely came after the fact. After knowing. I think think right after high school, you need to you need to travel, work some fun jobs, um, be broke for a while. Um, hey, you can work at Chick Fil A for fourteen an hour, right? God, yeah, I don't need a degree anymore. You just go work at Chick Fil A. Um, it's pretty good money for a sixteen. Someone straight out, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have I have a couple degrees, and the last degree that I got was in my thirties, or right mm-hmm. as I was turning thirty. Yeah. Um. So very recent back and. Uh, but I what mean, that's that in, it's actually a uh, broadcast and video production. Mm. So, um, so nice. I got to learn about radio, got to learn about video yeah. production and TV. And, um, and once I got done with college a second time, I thought to myself, I have like a degree in TV, basically, you know, I could mm-hmm. jump in and work with, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, I want to yeah. work because that degree is for like news stations and public uh, access yeah. and, yeah. And getting your, you know, HGTV kind of like intro kind of stuff where you're working in a dark room editing footage mm-hmm. for 10 hours a day. Yeah. And uh, and I've also learned that, too, is that um, although I love the back end work of this career that I've started, um, I'm jumping into different things now. Ken, I'm jumping mm-hmm. into I'm, I just turned 40 and I'm jumping into. Uh, more acting. I'm jumping into voiceover mm. work. I'm jumping into, um, God, I'm jumping back into theater again. Yeah. Like it's, you're never going to be an age where you're like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I need to have six years of education into it. Yeah. Unless you just know, I want to be a doctor right? or I want to be a physicist or I want to be something that mm-hmm. requires that. I yeah. love, Trey, I love that you have this, you know, phenomenal degree and you're mm-hmm. just like, eh. <laughs> It's like, eh, I'll do something else. Like, I, I love it. I love it. I love it too. Because it, it means nothing in yeah. this world. Mm-hmm. It Except really. Except that people are like, whoa. And I'm like, but my film <laughs> still needs money to be made. So is that going to help? Well, actually, maybe. But mm-hmm. thinking of you now, that, now that I know you, Trey, <laughs> you, be, you getting home from work as a civil engineer, I, I couldn't imagine it. You're yeah. happiest. When I see a post of you on set, 
and working with actors or working with crew. And I get to see Trey. I get to see my friend doing something he loves to do. And that's, mm -hmm. yeah, no education is going. And actually, I will say this. No wrong education is going to help fix that. I think. Yeah. 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 To go back to the original question, Ken, um, mm -hmm. wait, right. Just wait until you know what you want to do. And mm -hmm. then that way, you know, it's like, I want to learn more about that. So I'm going to yeah. go to school for that. Genuine interest. You know, yeah, you're, not, exactly. you're not, you're not just being force fed the Pythagorean theorem just for, you know, no reason <laughs> at all. And you don't really care about it. So liberal studies classes that no one wanted to take. <laughs> yeah. I could be working at Chick-fil-A right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could be getting free chicken fillets, okay? <laughs> chicken fillets. Now that's a real question. Is it fillet or fillet? No. Oh no. That's kind of like the pet smart or pet smart question. God, yeah, don't get me started. That that haunted me as a child. Hey, they got it colored a certain way. I know. So. Makes me think of a uh, Evil Dead. Shop smart. Shop s smart. <laughs> I haven't seen that. You haven't seen Evil Dead? Mm -mm. Boys. Boys. Write this down right now. <laughs> Watch two films back to back. Evil Dead 2, because it's mm -hmm. just a redo of Evil Dead 1, and Evil Dead Army of Darkness. Anyone who's watching, if you if you enjoy filmmaking, practical filmmaking, mm -hmm. watch those two movies. It will change your mm -hmm. life. I don't care. You don't even care if you're a horror movie fan. Just watch them. They're great. Wow. Bruce Campbell, he's God. What was the second one? Uh, Evil Dead Army of Darkness. I'm telling you, like, they are, um, uh, they're both made by Sam Raimi, and mm -hmm. <laughs> just your face is in focus. I love it. It's like, I am. It's like the camera's like, I don't want to read I that. I wrote it down. I, I'm, a, I'm over here, like, the most terrifying <laughs> film you will ever experience, and as a, uh, a person who usually stays away from horror stuff, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead 2 is very silly. Uh -huh. uh, Evil Dead 1's really messed up. Um, mm. But they camped it out for Evil Dead 2. It's the same story. They just uh, camped okay. it all out. Gotcha. Um, so it's real silly, and but horrifying. And Evil Dead Army of Darkness is him just going way back in the in, in the past mm. through, a, through a wormhole. It's really silly. Um, <laughs> but... But the storytelling's great. The practical effects are even better. Some of the they do claymation animation in it. Um, mm -hmm. Just as a <laughs> as as a guy who as as men who enjoy film, that needs to be something you just have in your brain. You've seen right. once, so you could store yeah. it away. It's good stuff. Nice makes sense. Add it to the list. Add it to the add it to the list. Question eleven: What's the right side of the bed to wake up on? The one where you wake up in it. Is that is that a creepy question? Is that a creepy answer to the question? I'm thinking of all the ways that I've woken up in my bed. And I'm that. trying to <laughs> I'm trying to pick my favorite one. <laughs> if you want a practical answer, um, no, uh, yeah, I like I, that answer. No, yeah, that was I think good. I think any one you get to wake up yeah. in yeah, is, is is the right way to wake up. Because mm -hmm. um, again, someone answered this with thinking about the actual side of their body there waking up on and we had never thought of it yeah. that way as much as Interesting. which side of the bed are you on mm -hmm. and i'm usually on the left side if that yeah. makes any sense 
Yeah, um, that's yeah. incorrect, by the way. Yeah, well, it, it is, it is yes. incorrect. <laughs> See, like, I, I knew, knew I knew if I, I go it, back I and it. re-answered, it would be wrong. So, <laughs> just what it's like in school. No, there yeah. is, uh, if you think too long about it, then it's probably wrong. Just answer C always. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, just always C. C. Always C. <laughs> and to round it off, what is the best worst movie you've ever seen? Best worst, not just worst, but best worst. Yes, mm-hmm. the best of the worst. <sighs> Yowza! This is this is the most complicated question I think I've mm. asked this whole evening. Yeah, a lot um, of good options. Yes, you've got some contenders. I can feel it. There is heavy, heavy hitters, Ken. <laughs> heavy hitters in this brain. Please. Ah. Uh, Okay, so let's start off with a movie that is just incredibly bad that you just can't get enough of, that you just have to, every time it's on or you see it flicking through mm-hmm. your streaming services, it's like, okay, I have to watch that. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by best worst is the fact that like it was just probably made way before its time. Mm-hmm. It, most good films are, yeah. especially in the 80s and 90s. Um, and I'm a sucker for retro film. Uh, anything made in that golden era of film, the 70s through the the 90s were just. Um, but I'd have to say probably like films like Jingle All the Way mm-hmm. or mm. most holiday films are going to fall in that category for Jingle me. Jingle All the Way, um, yeah. That's a great one. There's some other films. Out, God, this, you're putting me on the spot with this. Mm. Um, there's other films like... Um, I'm trying to think of some stuff that I watched recently that was just like, um, oh, like uh, Mandy, which is another horror film. Um, ah, yes. Uh-huh. And the it, the script was horrible, but visually yeah. it was like, whoa, this is beautifully That's shot. Wild. It is very wild. Um, so yeah, there's that's a very loaded question because I think cinema itself can suffer from a bad story but still be really stimulating in other ways. Mm-hmm. So for me, per, if I was to have to answer that answer personally, I would say I can't fully answer that question okay. <laughs> because there's just so as a lover of film, I can't be like, that's the one mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't. And yeah. I, I don't think either of you guys really could either. Like, it's just, it's, it's tough because can, it wouldn't be just one. It wouldn't be just one, you know, yeah. there is uh, a, range there I think but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people take that question maybe myself included as like from a technical standpoint yeah like what's a dumpster fire (laughs) because like you're right you can make a terrible movie out of a great script yeah yeah and And vice versa vice versa yeah yeah but just when you think about it technically I think there's a handful that kind of bubble to the surface um, completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. Which we've talked about extensively in the previous episodes, and I don't want to get into it again. But really. no, I've listened. I've listened to some, and I've listened to some <laughs> theories, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think I think the biggest takeaway tray that I literally what you just said is that you can make a crap film out of a good script, and you can make a beautiful film out of a poor script. Um, yeah. To me, as long as you're trying to tell a good story and it all every it seems like every question we've answered tonight has been going back to just being a being a story, a storyteller um, Mm -hmm. and leaving a story. Yeah. And sometimes even a bad story 
just sticks on you, you know? Yeah. Um, More so than a good one sometimes. Sometimes you're right. Yeah. You're definitely right on that. Yeah. Well, Garen, the world now knows you more fully. How does all, it feel? All hundred percent. <laughs> we we dived into some really yes wonderful heavy stuff really quickly. I love this. Usually we um, say that in jest, but we actually in this case no, probably are saying it more truthfully than ever. Yeah, I, I we've learned a lot. Well, I'm I'm only glad that you wanted to learn and yeah. uh, and wanted to to have me on the show and. I can't tell you how much it means to me, and uh, I I think I think the most wonderful thing we could do for ourselves, pushing forward from here on, all three of us, mm-hmm. and anyone who's listening, let's be just grateful. Like yeah. I understand life gets really tough some days, but like let's get let's get a little bit more grateful and remember that um, we're all in this together to mm-hmm. help create together. Yeah. And in those moments of feeling like we don't have much to offer or we need to, again, we we're having those few days of doing nothing and we're like, okay, something's got to change. I think that's the moment we need to reach out. Uh, Like Trey did with myself. He reached out and he said, let's make this happen. I I want you on the show. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, it was during some of my cancer treatments. And I was like, you know what? I need that change. I need to be shifted in another direction um, so that I can enjoy talking to some cool guys about fun stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so when I say thank you, I really, truly from the bottom of my heart, guys, uh, mm-hmm. keep doing this show. It's incredible. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for being on. And, and uh, anytime you want me to come back and ramble, I'm absolutely wonderful. We're just not love to. done yet. We want to talk on some oh, more God. topics. We're not done yet. You can't leave that quickly. I thought I could get out of here. <laughs> no. I thought I could do He's like, right, I got he some, these out, uh, we pull them right the, back in. Got something on the stove I got to get to. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, we could probably dive into any number of categories yeah. with you. And perhaps we will on other episodes. But mm-hmm. I want to just focus on kind of your mo- most recent stuff, mm-hmm. which is in a lot of categories. I know... Some of that, a little bit of that at least, is in the realm of voice work, voiceovers, voice acting, maybe for video games or social media, different things like that. Mm-hmm. How, like, obviously, people probably told you you have a great voice, myself included. Oh, thank you. I, uh, I heard <laughs> that. But, uh, thank you for that. How do you harness that and then say, not only can I do this, but actually I'm pretty good at it and maybe it can be a source of income as well. I think I think for myself, acting, theater, film was implanted when I was a kid. I mean, it was something, and I've always made silly voices as a kid. So it was like this incessant need to entertain and be weird Mm-hmm. And I think when you get older, you you tend to lose that value of yourself that makes you unique because you're trying to fit in or you're trying to make yourself seem cool for some weird reason. Um, trust me, cool doesn't pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trey, to answer your question very simply, because I don't do that well, um, it's, it's the <laughs> idea that... Uh, <laughs> That 
I've always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to to be a voice in a cartoon, a video game, something animated so that I could become a little bit larger than life of who I am. And because physically, you know, I would consider myself to be, um, I would put myself in a, in a very few categories when it comes to like um, physical film or physical theater. It's, mm-hmm. um, I'm a bigger guy, uh, have tattoos, and I can only be cast as certain roles because of that. Mm-hmm. However, as a voice actor, I could be anybody I want to be. Oh, I could, yeah. uh, you know, I could play a, a, a small, frail, whistling, you know, weaseling, weak, uh, you know, just um, nerdy kind of character, or I can flip up and play a big, dark, evil villain. And mm-hmm. it has been, it has been a new, it has been that second son of Tatooine coming across the mm. edge of the desert in my life over the past year. Yeah. Um, it has made me remember that I've had more to offer than just yeah. what I have been doing. So uh, good question. Thanks for bringing that up because I think it gets, I think it gets the wrong rep voice acting does. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think they can just do it and right. it's not the case. Yeah. Um, you need to have an understanding of acting. Yeah. You need to know yeah. that acting is reacting. And mm-hmm. if you can't react and if you're just reacting off a script, you need to know acting so you can put yourself in a position Mm-hmm. To give a performance, yeah. Um, a lot of voice actors I see on TikTok, and uh, and I don't. Again, I don't want any of this to feel like I'm I'm, you know, putting them down or uh, like I'm higher than them because that's not the case. I'm most I try to be the most humble person ever. Mm-hmm. But but when it comes to a lot of potential voice actors out there, they think that this career is easy. They think all you do is talk for money, and yeah. you can tell that when you listen to them. You mm-hmm. can tell that they're reading. Yeah. yeah. And Trey, being someone who has cast for multiple things over the years, you are very quick in knowing someone who is trying to, I get it, a lot of people can't be off a book in a day. You know, they can't be memorizing things left and right. But if they can give you a performance while reading, that tells you that there's some acting chops there. Mm-hmm. That gives you something to work with. Yeah. And if you take that to another level where they have some training, which I've had over the years, um, both in theater and in film, um, it puts you in a better position. And, and it, it feels like it's easy when you're watching it. It's like, oh, it's effortless for Garen. <laughs> I wish. Like, I wish it was effortless. Uh, yeah. It's not. No, it's... Um, but it's fun. It's fun. And that's why I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Uh, because I get to be somebody new and yeah. fun and different every day. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I've always really admired voice actors, not only because of what you're saying, like, uh, just acting ability as well to per- portray these characters which are drawn and they're drawn magnificently most of the time and but to convey that emotion through voice in such a palpable way is amazing and it's a so tough thing to do and it is amazing it's yeah it, the vocal training that is required you know you mentioned how some people are like why does how does he just have this gift of having an amazing voice and just making me want to just like oh just sit back and listen to, listen that's to him 10% all of day. it that is 10% of it all like me gifted with a voice that I have is yes. it's cigarettes and coffee and <laughs> and um, I could go down the list, but we won't do yes. that because it gets a little embarrassing for me. But um, it's a it's more than just that. It's uh, it's a lot of time, effort, and uh, just commitment towards not only like towards your voice and yourself. And I think that's, that's amazing. That's good that you bring that up. It's 
takes um, it takes a sense of cojones mm-hmm. yeah, to do confident. it. Confident, a yeah. lot of confidence. Yeah, um, and it could be it could be forced confidence. That's what I do a lot. Yeah, um, because I have a tendency to work well in pressure. Um, I'm a bit of a chaos coordinator. Trey, you mm. are as well. Um, work well in that chaos. And whenever you're given something right away and you're like, Ken, dude, whenever you're given something, you're like, I need this in 24 hours. And it's like several readings and um, you want to give them options. So you're not completely out of the running. Mm-hmm. So you're having to dig for two, three, four different characters, different voices. Yeah. That's that's fun to me. That is like yeah. the pressure's on. Let's do this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, awesome. that could be it's work. It's work. It is. I think that voice acting probably just in general is more difficult than just acting. Because you can't react unless you're in a booth with someone. Yeah. And but you're not reacting like you would on on film. I'm just thinking know? about all this stuff you have at your, like in your arsenal as an actor can be a lot of emotive things. And mm-hmm. I do understand that probably a lot of times when you send in stuff, you probably have your face there, unless it's just a straight up audio clip. But eighty percent of the time, it's just my voice. Oh, well that's yeah. Maybe helping TikTok, my social point media. There. That's the only time I really show. Yeah. Show. So yeah. like you're just sending an audio, and they're just sitting there with their headphones, like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're in, imagining whatever they were imagining, and what they're going to tell the creative team to illustrate and animate, and whatever it might be. And so you've got to make your voice, like, raise your eyebrows, like, crinkle your forehead. Yeah. Feel like you're smiling or that you're sad, like, all this stuff. Are running that, a produ- if you guys are running produ- a production office, say you guys were casting for something, it's easy for me to walk in and sell myself physically. I could walk in and, and give mm-hmm. Ken a handshake and, you know, yeah. pat him on the shoulder and give Trey, give you a hug. It's already 80% step. done with the audition. You've, yeah. You've already and, set And the stand tone. back and give a performance. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. but you're having to do all of that, Trey, like you just mentioned, in a voice. And mm-hmm. to me, that is, that's, that is some acting. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to put myself in a pedestal or in, in, a, in a category, but. But I commend voice actors, especially um, my favorite group of voice actors, nerdiest group ever, Critical Role. Um, Mm -hmm. They do online uh, D&D and they have a brand new animated series coming out with all of their voices in it Mm. from their very first campaign, D&D campaign they ever played. Um, I think within a matter of 48 hours, they were funded $7 million. Oh, my God. Biggest Kickstarter to date. Like. They hit their goal. The goal was like 500 grand. Mm-hmm. And they hit 7 million like in 48, 72 hours. It was something ridiculous like that. Wow. Um, but to know that these silly, weird voiceover actors got together to play Dungeons and Dragons. And now they're making an animated series on Amazon and have a company ran off of tabletop role play. Yeah. Where it's all about storytelling and voices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. 
Yeah. That's like that. Okay. Now they're making it. They're, they're yeah. paving their own way. Yeah. And that's something gorgeous when you really think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Showing that's what a, I like to do with my voice eventually is pave my own way. Yeah. yeah. Seeing an avenue where someone kind of made it, which can be different for everyone, but it very it's, much is. Uh, certainly an impressive thing and motivational to very, very motivational. Know that that's and we need those. We need those yeah. those people in our lives. Even if, I mean, I've never heard of this story or their Kickstarter campaign, but that's that should be talked about. Like, why isn't it that in the news? Why was you guys that definitely on look it up? IMDb? Look it up for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, do they have a podcast? I think if their podcast is their shame. weekly game. I think okay. that's their weekly game. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like I've seen it somewhere. Because when you said Critical Role, I was like, I. I feel like I know. Is that on YouTube or something like that? Yeah, yeah. You, could, you just look up Critical Role and you'll find okay. tons of stuff. Each video, let's put it like this. Their second campaign, their second D&D campaign, which is roughly, I want to say, easily over 100 episodes. Ooh. Uh, they're each four hours long. Wow. Uh. It's like it's like 100 D&D sessions. Wow. And that's, they're Dang. on campaign three right now. So if that tells you anything, Man. it's like their first campaign was nearly 200 episodes, I think. Oh, my um, gosh. That's a lot of talking. Man. That's a lot of voice work. These, All of these guys together, uh, for instance, one of my favorite voices on the show, one of my favorite actors or actresses on the show, Ashley Johnson, she plays uh, Ellie in The Last of Us video games. Really? Um, and she's done a lot of other stuff. She was in some film work when she was younger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not only that, she's just gorgeous. Um, but she, she, you notice that they're doing more character work through advertising with their show now. So they're doing more voice work for, you know, either silly roles for selling an item that they've been sponsored yeah. to do or something they're just trying to promote for the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun to see them go back to that, to go back to the silliness and back to the playing a character and just, you know, yeah. be, being weird for, you know, 60 seconds to two minutes. Yeah. But um, I could I could talk literally for the next three hours about <laughs> D&D. So yes. let's change the subject because I'm going to get really nerdy really quick. No, that's awesome. And I think that's uh, another great aspect of it. role-playing is a great skill to have in your back pocket as an actor. It's therapeutic. Just, yeah, it's very therapeutic. You get to, in, mm-hmm. you get to put yourself in the... Uh, you can look through the eyes of someone else in a different world. Kind of somebody you wish you were. Yes. Which and is it, there's a there's a really a safe good, way to do it. <laughs> there's a really good play uh, that it it is about D and D, and it was I think it just came out in the last few years, and uh, it's called She Kills Monsters. Mm-hmm. And I was in a production or I was one of the understudies in a production of it. We never really? got, we never got to actually perform it because of COVID. Oh, is this the one you've you talked know. about on here, Ken? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. And it, we never got to actually produce it, but you seem like you know what it was about. Have you heard of She Kills Monsters? Absolutely. Um, yes. It's so cool you bring that. And I, it breaks my heart that you couldn't. Yeah, jump into that performance. We we had been in rehearsals for choreography for about a year, uh, not a year. Wow, that'd be amazing. Uh, a, <laughs> month, a month. That's dedication. Month, two months. Uh, Still. And uh, then, you know, 
spring break came around and it never Yikes. ended. Yeah. So, yeah. are they planning on you. bringing that back? There? They they have to. They have um, to. At Clemson, I don't know if they. Oh, that are. was while you were in school. Yeah, that's while I was in school, and some people have graduated. So, but we did an online reading of it. So, that's good. Yes, dude. I feel and, like it's your destiny to put that production on yourself. I think so. <laughs> to like I think make so. that happen. Yeah. Can make they it happen. They, no you've way. got you've got a guy right here that would be perfect to <laughs> yes. be a part of that. I know a little yes. bit about a lot of dirty shit, so yes. if you need some help, yes. uh. <laughs> uh, but you, I, I brought that up because that uh, play pretty much talks about what you're talking about now. Is someone you wish you could have been, and that's the biggest crux of the entire story. Is this little girl in a small town USA believed she was big, larger than life, and you know. Mm-hmm showed that through her character of what she thought she, you know, what she was wanting to actually be, but what she wasn't in real life. I can, I had two or three individuals that I played D and D with. I, I host a lot of D and D sessions as a mm. dungeon master. I am a dungeon master. <laughs> um, and we're just gonna file all these little sound yes. bites away. We need right, we need right. some sound bites before you go. We need you just some, let me know. You just let yes. me know. I'll I'll give you all the voice <laughs> intros you need for stuff. Um, especially if you need to sell like you know Vienna sausages. You know, if you need to do some stuff, <laughs> how like did you that. know we were sponsored? I didn't, but now I need to be <laughs> oh a part of your group. Um, <clears throat> we'll cut you especially in. especially those spicy Viennas. Um, I call them I call them the spicy fat fingers. Um, <laughs> But no, there's uh there's there's this level of of understanding what the game can do for you creatively. I mean, mm-hmm. it sparked a whole series of yeah, you know, storytelling for this particular writer who wrote this um, mm-hmm. and wrote that story. But guys, I have to say this real quick. Um, I had several several players of mine reach out to me, uh, not all at once because that would be weird, but uh, over the course <laughs> of several months <laughs> and. But it was really interesting because they each had the same thing to tell me. And Mm -hmm. these were people that never played the game, uh, learning for the first time. Um, And there was even someone in there who had been playing for 15 years off and on. And Mm -hmm. every one of them said the same thing to me. They said, Garen, you helped me through a really dark time in my life. Mm -hmm. I learned something about myself. Yeah. And I learned about, you know, let's say their character was a, um, you know, Azamar barbarian, um, who, you know, was not really kept that bright. Maybe it was a little bit of a dull bulb, uh, mm-hmm. but really strong and there for the, his friends and there for his family mm-hmm. and would sacrifice and put his life on the line for them. Um, and you know, playing that role is, you know, someone who, this little meek person who never played Dungeons and Dragons before, never really said much of three or four words at one time. Mm-hmm. And by the end of, you know, a, a 10 or 11 week campaign, he's, you know, jumping across the table and, you know, yelling yeah. at things and getting excited. And I was able to see something come out of someone because they were given a chance to create. They were mm-hmm. given a chance to, to tell their story. Okay. That same game, as soon as he told me about that, the next week, we had a moment in the game where one of one of the party members lost a very close person to them. Mm-hmm. It was a sad moment in the story. Yeah, and his character, which at that time was about 
killing <laughs> and ripping mm-hmm. things apart and um and drinking ale and you know eating yeah there was a there was a time in the game where his character was sitting across the table he stood up in his chair he walked over to her and he squatted down mind you this is a guy that would never do this ever in real mm-hmm. life he put his hand on his shoulder and in his character he was like I don't know much, but I know I'll be here for you. Uh-huh. And it was like the whole table lost it. Mm-hmm. And she felt like she made a new friend during the game. He felt like he was able to actually be there for someone in, in real life after the game. Mm-hmm. And they both figured out that in reality, I wrote this specifically for the game. She had lost her father about four months ago. Wow. So it was this way for her to work through it with these new friends around this table to tell a story together. Mm-hmm. Telling you what, man, D and D does a lot more than, yeah. than just get the nerds together. Yeah. It it it's therapy. It is yeah. it is downright therapy. Yeah, I will stand by that till the end of time. I've uh, never remotely thought about playing it, but I think you should. After hearing you talk about it, it sounds like a really wholesome experience. Do you guys like sci-fi? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm starting a new sci-fi uh, role-play game called mm. Mothership. And it's roughly based off of, like, aliens mixed with, like, Andromeda and some other things. Okay. And um, it's not very horror-based. It could be, but I, it's not the game I want to do. It's more about planet exploration, working with a small crew, um, you know, some things happening. The ship falls apart. Mayhem mm-hmm. ensues. You know, work together to fix it. And the reason I really want to do this is because aside from playing a person who just the dungeon master telling the story and then playing a lot of different characters, mm-hmm. I like the idea of playing a ship's computer. Mm, a how. So, a how, exactly. Or like so like passengers. So Trey Trey's character, let's say Trey's character is oh, I don't know, an engineer. And he um <laughs> and he's and he's like, you know, uh, let's just say the, the, the ship's computer is, uh, you know, Ted or something. Um, it would It's fun to be able to be in a game, a tabletop game, where he's like, you know, well, I want to ask the computer. It's like, well, no, ask the computer. And he's like, okay, Ted, <laughs> where are the oxygen levels at currently? Trey, the oxygen levels are at 33%. You know, and oh. do like this, this real, yeah. just no matter, it's like... Um, <laughs> Uh yeah, uh, why is the ship on fire? What's happening right now? <laughs> Integrity of the hull is at two percent. <laughs> um, Please get to safety, like like that. It's just like this calm, emote, like non-emotive yes. kind of voice, just yeah. like you're about to die. <laughs> you know, it's just like this kind of like, oh shit. Um, that adds a level of stress yeah. to the game. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's a new thing I haven't done before, so I want to mm-hmm. give it a shot. We'll see how it flies. That's we'll amazing. I I want to kind of bring it back around to from my perspective uh, what kind of interactions do you have with directors from a voice acting perspective what are they asking you what are they looking for Um, is it I assume it's different than a normal sort of audition that I'm more used to very um Usually when I'm getting a role for a part, it's one or two things. I've been very lucky to be in a position where people are just approaching me. They're just mm-hmm. like, hey, I saw your TikTok. I saw 
your Instagram feed. Um, I'm creating this in a few months. Would love to talk to you about it, you know? And then it's like, yeah. I just have this easy foot in the door. But typically that doesn't happen nearly as often as this part, which mm-hmm. is being one of hundreds of people, being one of hundreds of voices. Mm-hmm. And when you get that part, it's, you know, partly it's because of versatility. Mm-hmm. So the director is going to push you in ways. And and I'll be honest with you, Trey, like I, I haven't, I've worked with some decent directors when it comes to voice work, but not a lot of great ones. Mm-hmm. And I think because they're so focused on the project itself, whether it be for a video game, which I'm actually going to be in a video game this year uh, called A Bone to Pick. Yo. Um, I play I play a dog. I play the lead in it. Nice. Uh, nice. A re- you actually play a retired canine dog in the in the game. Ah. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. What's that going to be on? Yeah. Uh, it's going to start off in Steam. Okay. Nice. And uh, but they're looking to push at least Xbox PS4 first. Ooh. Okay. And then go out to next gen and kind of spread from there. Yeah, um, yeah. Wow, but, that's uh, awesome. And that's what's awesome. really even cooler is that they're doing it chapter based. So you the first chapter of the game, the initial intro is like four nine nine or nine ninety nine. Yeah. And each each chapter after that is adequately priced. And I think there's we're up to like seven or eight chapters now. So you don't have to pay a lot a, to start. Yeah, the whole game. And then which if is, you get really into it, you can just keep going. You can buy it. Yeah. You can you can continue your story. Yeah. I like that actually. Um, it's it's a very cost effective way to game and I like that. Yeah. Steam Steam got it. Steam understands it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just wish console would, but um, well, yeah. Game Pass is kind of a game changer too. But that's it's a, whole a huge game changer, bro. It's a huge I've been following game that and the Activision stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what's going to evolve out of even that too. Yeah. Um, uh, but back to you, directors. But, uh, yeah, directors. I just wish they would. The few directors that have worked with me on a certain level, I appreciate because they're appreciating their actors and they're realizing that to be honest with you most most projects whether it be a game uh animated something whether uh, whether or not it's that's half of almost the production itself is the performance that your actors are giving uh because if it's you i'm sure you played a game both of you guys played a game or watched an animated series where you have a couple heavy hitter voices to start it off and then all of a sudden these weak voices come out it's like there's there was no direction given to them. And they're just like, oh, my God, the explosion was so grand. I lost my mother mm. yesterday. It's like, Jesus, come mm. on. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like that. I feel like more directors need to give more time to their actors. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Not just the main role, but like more fluffed out through the whole cast. Your supporting roles are just as important. Yeah. And. And I can't tell you how many supporting roles I've been in that I wish the director, because it's usually like your leads. And then, you know, if you're a supporter, you get like 10 minutes, 10 yeah. minutes of coaching. And it's like, good luck. And I just wouldn't be okay with that. I'm a director too. So I wouldn't be okay with that. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. all, all of my talent needs to be on uh, the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no matter the role, no matter how many lines they have. Um, Maybe so that's, that's good, something that's a good that's question. similar then. Cause I mean, even with, uh, non-voice acting work and projects like I see that all the time where the the main few people 
have obviously gotten a lot of attention. Yeah. And you've got that mm-hmm. pretty important supporting character that you want us to really care about, and then they're just yeah. falling flat. Like, uh, that, no. Yeah. Um, and it makes your project the, suffer. The background need to have more attention given to them than you gave your supporting cast. Because at that point, you're just suffering. You, the, the project suffers. Yeah. That's interesting to, that that parallel runs through both. Because I would have thought yeah. with voice acting, like you said, it is probably more focused on the actors and, than and the I've been, other productions. Like I said before, I hate to cut you off. I, like I said before, I've been blessed. I've been lucky to work with good directors. Mm-hmm. But it's not always the case. Yeah. And sometimes you work with a director, Bunny Ears, that is very he's he's torn between several things mm-hmm. I, I i think good directors have good crew behind them yeah and, mm-hmm. a, and a good fundamental group of people that allow the director oh i don't know to direct yeah. <laughs> and not have to wear ten thousand hats yeah they get stuck um, in the weeds yeah so yeah. that's a shame it's a super shame and and i think in the industry we need to put a little bit more attention into Spending time with your actors and talent who aren't in massively lead roles because those supporting roles and even extra roles can make or break a film. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's uh, it's good to think about that. Yeah. And I'm excited that as of late, we're starting to get more and more uh, animation we're starting to get more animation projects are rolling. It's more accessible than it has been in the past. And I think there are so many talented people that are coming up that, you know, when it comes to different technologies that are available just to the layman uh, mm-hmm. and all of that, all of these people that you say are reaching out to you about projects and all, you know, I, I don't think that's going to go down anytime soon. And the amount yeah. of stories that you can be a part of is definitely. You're so sweet, Ken. Sky You're so ride. sweet. <laughs> and by the Why way. Why do you tell me you was such a sweet guy, Trey? Oh, yeah, stop. You get all you over you here. Saying? Who do you think I'd be doing a podcast with? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is just oh, a man. compliment factory over here. Yes. I'm telling you. I just, uh, you know what, Trey, um, and well, I'm going to bounce off really more of what Ken just said. This is why it pays to be good to everyone you work with. Mm -hmm. Trey, I don't think if I was ever good to you on set, you would have asked me to photograph your wedding. Even more so be on your show or be a part of a project you have. Mm -hmm. Ken, as an aspiring actor, and someone who is jumping into this um, with both feet and really making some waves, I can tell you, be humbly and more most authentically you during this whole process mm. because that's where you get the callbacks. That's where you get people reaching yeah. out to just you yeah. without you having to without you having to go through an audition process. I can't tell you how many films and processes I've been through where I – Again, bunny ears got got a role just because mm-hmm. I was good to someone a few months back or a year ago or three years ago. Yeah, and they remembered that I was a you know silly on set whenever I was working as a you know a, a camera assistant or you know grip. Um, yeah, because I've done a lot of that work over the years, and yeah. I think paying your dues is part of it. it paying your yeah. dues and keeping the smile on your face while you're doing it is yeah. going to only propel you into the things you 
are supposed to be doing later on. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think I think definitely uh, early on, and we can talk about this a little bit too, because I think we touched on it before. Is I I love that sentiment that you gave about being yourself, because that's something that you know, as I mentioned before about storytelling and just ideas that would come to me. Uh, I just threw them away because I was like, no, those are not interesting. I have to blow a planet up or something like that. It needs to be some grand idea. And uh, But no, as an actor, I always before used to think it was outside of myself. I used to think it was something else. I used to think it was I had to have this caricature about myself. And, you know, the more I've studied over the last year, which I've I've learned so much from the acting classes I've been in, studying Meisner and also getting into a new technique. Mm -hmm. Um, It's taught me that it is you that they are looking for. It is you and your experiences. And it's not, you know, if you can tell that through yourself, man, it's it's so much more If Trey's casting for a film, he's looking for people that are selling themselves. Yes. Hands down. Yes. I mean, and as talent... Ken, you and I are in this in this boat of constantly having to sell ourselves. Mm-hmm. That gets tiring. That gets yeah. exhausting. And it, it makes you feel like you're putting on a show rather than being authentically yourself. Mm-hmm. However, if you start thinking of that performance, if you start thinking of about that selling point being just who you are. Oh, yeah. That's the game changer. It just comes so much more natural. Like I'll I'll give an example. I did an audition just 2 weeks ago for a play called Sweat mm-hmm. and I during the audition process, you know, of course I got the little jitters before the fact showing up, but you know, knowing the fact that I myself am selling my my goods. I have yeah. my goods. I I am my goods. I show up and I give them the best interpretation that I can give and my interpretation. And then if I don't get the part, I don't get the part. They're yeah. not looking for what I'm selling. And so that since, you can't control. Yes. Can, can I give can I give you both of you guys and your listeners like the most amazing bit of advice I think I've ever been given myself? Yeah. This is going to this is, <laughs> tenfold. Yes. But this please, is going to change your lives and, and change being the operative word here. Um, if there's one thing you can change for yourself as a director, as a writer, as a, as a, um, as a talent, as an actor, as a storyteller, the only thing you can control is yourself Mm -hmm. and the way you react to any given situation. Yes. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, with, with really letting that seep in and just take residency inside your brain. Everything else is outside of your control. Mm-hmm. So you go in and selling yourself. Once you're once you have sold, walk out. That's all you can do. Yes. Yeah. When people get wrapped up into this pain of not getting a part, or you know, forever auditioning, you know, hundred auditions for that one landed role. Mm-hmm. I wish more people would walk away from it with that, with yeah. that sense of I can't control anything from here. I've, I've given what I could, and I'm going to walk away. Yeah. That way, when you get the call, it's like, holy shit, this is great. Because you've, <laughs> you've allowed yourself to move on. You've allowed mm-hmm. yourself to do something else. Yeah. Um, and this is true of life, um, love, jobs, 
mm-hmm. roommates, family. You can't control any of them. Yeah. Trey, you can't control your wife. Yeah. You already know that, but <laughs> <laughs> so, you knew that before you married her. Um, but that's uh, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but you can't control you and how you react to her, and right. that often allows you to. I wouldn't even say often. That will allow you to live a much happier life once you grab a hold of that concept. It's yeah. especially as an actor, because mm-hmm. we get so caught up in yeah. our own shit. Oh man. And to well, be able to as a let director that go. too, I mean. Well, yeah, especially. You're yeah. dealing with the actors, the crew. They're all throwing their flavor of yeah. stink at you. And <laughs> yeah. then you're, I mean, you're left there to either, you know, just implode. Yeah. Or push through it and like, hey, guys, we're, we're still making this thing. Like, mm-hmm. And realize that you aren't even in control of it all. Yeah. Like, like you may be the though, man in charge, yeah. but you can't control it all. It all yeah. runs through you. You still don't really get the final say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very yeah. true. That's an interesting uh, concept. Like it's yeah. one of those things everyone kind of knows. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's like, oh, yeah. But really apply it. Yeah. Right. Find a I, find a point, and I would honestly say for both of you boys, in the next month, start to apply it. Yeah. Start to realize that, you know, if someone calls you upset about something, it's like, realize that's on them. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I didn't deliver something on time or like maybe I didn't do something to their expectation level, you know, right. again, outside of your control. Yeah. But to realize that most everything is, it's out of your control, yeah. except for what is in your bubble and in your mm-hmm. mind and in your heart. Mm-hmm. And everything else can literally... I hate to say this, but can go jog off a mountain. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) because all it does is it gives you unneeded stress, worry, and emotions that are only clouding yourself from making the next better step or creating the next thing or learning something about Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We get, we get caught up in everybody else's shit that we need to step back and realize we can't control any of it. I love, I love that. And you know, I kind of have a sneaking suspicion. Have you ever read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius? I've heard of the, I've heard of it, but I haven't read it. Man, I think you would love it. I think I'm already the sentiment. I'm already down. The sentiment you gave is a very, um, it's it, it has a lot of stoicism in it. Uh, stoicism, I think, is a great uh, thing that I think you would love. Like studying the writers of stoicism, the early. Writers of it. Are you calling be, me someone who could be very stoic? Is that what you're trying? I think to you're apply? very stoic. Yes, if, if that is your mindset, it's very stoic. Well, yes. Well, just, and the fact that you didn't know just blows me away. I am. I went from six to midnight. Thank you, sir. That's. I appreciate that. Um, holy oh my crap! Gosh. Yes, that was a major uh, compliment. Um, wow. Yes. I'm going to fall in love with one or both of you, so we need to <laughs> we need move on to another question real quick we before we start. Uh, yeah, exactly. I thought we were already. <laughs> are you uh, cheating yes. on me? <laughs> um, Roll the credits. Honestly, yep. we could, we're going to have to have you on for like yes. at least seven more episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would love to be. I lo- um, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I think we're, we're at our time, unfortunately, for this one, because I would love to dive into you getting back in the theater. 
mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff too. But another day. Yes. You know what? We have a, we have another day. Yes. We have another chance to do it. Let's do it. And I, I hope we all get that chance. Well, I just mm-hmm. thank thank you for introducing me and giving me opportunity to get to know Ken. And uh, Ken, you're you're one hell of a kid, man. Like I cannot <laughs> wait to get to know you better. And and I can call you a kid because I'm past forty now. Um, <laughs> I'll and, allow uh, it. <laughs> I'll allow it from the great stoic man. <laughs> and to let you know too, um, I would love um, again. I would love the opportunity to be able to, to talk with you guys more and. Uh, big things happening in March. Um, so um, yeah. anyway, we can talk about at least maybe the play stuff before then. So we can mm-hmm. maybe get some seats filled. That would be beautiful. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're going to have a problem with that, but if some mm-hmm. people may be out there being like, hey, I'm close to Belmont Abbey College. I would love to swing through and, and take, a, take a peek at it. I'm nowhere near. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Ken drives across <laughs> state lines to oh, be there for people that yeah. Hate. I would love to see about. you there, Ken. I would. Mm-hmm. I'll even cop a ticket if you're driving that far. Oh, please. I, I, I'll I get would, you in for I free. I would buy the ticket and drive there, brother, to see you perform. <laughs> yeah, well, while we're beating around the bush, what's the play called? Do we know yeah, more it's details? Called, um, it's a two-part play. It's a, there's basically, I'm part of one group, which is mm-hmm. called, uh, It's the, the play series is called The Greeks. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm in the production of Women of Troy. Uh, it takes place as soon as Troy has fallen, and we are seeing the perspective of the women that are about to be taken into slavery, or um, most importantly, the the real connection between Hecuba and Helen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I'm playing Menelaus, uh, coming back to basically get his property back, go home, and I play a really big jerk. So if you want to see me on stage playing a big jerk, yes, come to see mm-hmm. Women Help of Greece. In. Um, or excuse me, Winnow Troy. I was about to say Winnow Greece. Women of Troy at Belmont mm-hmm. Abbey College, the Hate Theater. Uh, the performance dates are um, March 3rd through the 6th. Okay. I believe that's right. Thursday through Sunday, uh, 1st of March. That would be 3rd through the 6th, yeah. So, um, and of course, you know, lots of information online and, you know, I could share that with you guys. And Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, have all that in the do. comments. And where... where where can uh, people find more information about you and all that you are up to? I post primarily on two platforms. That's really it. Uh, mm-hmm. Instagram and TikTok. I feel okay. like that's the quickest way for me to get mm-hmm. stuff out there. Um, and Instagram, you can find me at Hydeography, H-Y-D-E-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y. That's and something else I wanted to dive into is yeah. that name. But mm. again, another episode. Another episode. Um so much to talk about. Yes. Uh, and of course, on TikTok, you can find me at The Hyde Guy. All one word. H-Y-D-E. The Hyde Guy. Clever. Uh, and that's also my PlayStation handle. So if you want to ah, game it PlayStation, up. PlayStation, yeah. Let's, let's get it. I have an Xbox. Let's go. <sighs> Trey. Trey. Rip, rip, rip. I'm betrayed right now. <laughs> <laughs> all of the betrayed. all of the compliments and everything go out the window. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought yeah. I thought there was a love blooming here, Trey. And then you just <laughs> gotta stood draw on a line your, somewhere, I guess. I guess you have to. I mean mm-hmm. you're going to eventually. And yeah. that was it. Thank you for that. <laughs> um I'm but thank curious. you for having me, guys. Yeah. Uh last little thing here. What have you been watching? Anything Good that question. you would recommend? I rewatched Stargate. Oh, so Stargates. cool. Stargates. 
Um, a lot of people love that. The original film. Um, I have to say the book of Boba Fett has been incredible. Really? I've um, heard mixture on that. There's a lot of mixture on that. Uh, I'm a, I've been enjoying it. Uh, I'm just a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Just anything, especially Boba Fett. But I have a um, question about Boba Fett really quick. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where the this show takes place in the timeline, but in the original trilogy, does he really die like so casually? Like he he just falls. Aren't they on the in the desert and he just like falls off into a hole or something? He falls into a pit. There there's a large fanged worm beast mm, in that right, pit yeah, called yeah. the Sarlacc. Which and, looks a lot like the dune worm. Just yeah, saying. exactly. Um, I wonder where he got that idea from. Mm. <laughs> um, but I do know that he is not dead. And clearly, they made a TV series out of him. Right. But uh, it does show you what happens after that moment. Interesting. So, I so was it's, just it's curious because really... he's such a big name in the Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Wait, what was it? Star what, what we Wars. Star Wars. Trazer is trying to drink a already. It's the last. So we're going to wrap this thing up real quick. drank a handle by the, during the entire He's such a big name in the Star Wars world. Mm-hmm. I just recently have seen the original trilogy. I know, shame on me, but mm. I'm I just did. glad you watched it. Yes. And I'm just glad you did it. I was like, he just... He, he, how, he, was that him that just died he, and no one he even talked about Bye bye, really quick. Yeah, yeah. It was oh, like oh. it didn't make sense to me, but they weren't planning on him being such a big role in this until I see until that moment until Return of the Jedi, um, where they've when they killed him off, there was a backlash of people like you know what happened to him, what's going yeah. on with Boba Fett, blah blah. So it's a big fan service now, I think. Yeah, yeah. To give us. Well, that's good story. for the fans, hopefully. It is, mm-hmm. and it's good for the Star Wars world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Star a, Wars world. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, it was a heck of a pleasure to yes. have you on here, and you hit us with a good time. every possible life lesson or a thought we should have about <laughs> how we live our life. That mm-hmm. we'll be processing this. Bunch of takeaways for for bo- both me, Trey, and also the listeners. Yeah, this is this was a treat for me, my friends. So anytime we can do this again, you just you give me a holler and let's do it. <laughs> give me a good Definitely. old holler. Thank you guys so You're much. Awesome. Thank we you. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. What an amazing man, I swear, Trey. He is just phenomenal to talk to. I swear, this is a long episode, but it's a long episode for a good reason. Yeah, there was no filler whatsoever in this one. Honestly, we're not kidding when we're going to need like seven more episodes with this guy (sighs) to unpack all the stuff he's done. You know, he talked about in the episode... D&D and how I think it was Critical Role. He talked about Critical critical Role and how they've had mm-hmm. four-hour sessions on YouTube and they've done like a hundred episodes of that. I swear this man, you could have just as much content yeah. with him. He's, he's an amazing person to talk to. Honestly, it felt more like a therapy session myself mm-hmm. than an interview or just a good conversation with a friend and I, I think... Yeah. Uh, you guys will all feel the same way having now heard all of that and we just hope it really impacts you and can help you you know this 
podcast is for film and TV mm-hmm. and those sorts of things, but really we want to learn about people and yeah. use their stories to kind of help us all grow and learn. So this is like yeah. a, a prime example of that. It's, you know, I think this episode is a great reminder that film, although we talked about a lot of voiceover, which I mean, it doesn't delve, it does delve into uh, film and aspects, mm-hmm. uh, especially with some of the films that are coming out now, they, uh, which are amazing. So there definitely is a connection, but a lot of this delved on personal experiences and we mentioned it in the episode that it's not we use ourselves to tell stories and you shouldn't you should not discount anything about your life to tell a story you 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 have something unique to say in your own voice and it may not be apparent but it definitely is there and he did an amazing way of illustrating it and uh especially his insights on uh I, we talked on D and D and other aspects, so it yeah. may not have been a hundred percent film, but it definitely is there, for sure. Yeah, and you know, if if, if we had another hour and a half, you could have easily talked about so many other other aspects of things. So mm-hmm. we hope you guys will jump over and find him on Instagram and uh, TikTok as well, and look mm-hmm. for him and. A lot of exciting things coming out, including the play, which will be coming out in March, early March. You guys can check that out here mm-hmm. locally in the Carolinas. Yeah, spread the word. Check it out. Uh, get excited. He's got some projects coming out. We didn't really delve into it too much, you know, although we delved into the 12 questions, which I think you would have enjoyed uh, a lot of uh, as much as we did. And but we delved into some of his projects, A Bone to Pick and uh, potentially a collaboration right now. Yes, it is. uh, I don't know if it's on Steam as of right now, but it definitely is on its way to Steam. Yes. And uh, he he mentioned that he will he's got a lot of projects coming, not only the play, but voiceover work uh, that he's got coming too. So definitely keep in touch with him and then also keep in touch with us. Yeah, definitely uh, reach out. Want to hear from you. Yeah, we we, We get lonely. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, we just keep clearing out a bunch of uh, podcorn and film festival <laughs> emails. Uh, so we'd love to hear <laughs> from you. <laughs> yes. Send over any comments. Let us know what you think about our format, about mm-hmm. the topics we cover, people we interview. If you want to mm-hmm. hear more about Garen like we want to, let us know. We'll have yes, him back and- on. Send over your inquiries. We will forward them as needed and address them as such. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then also you can forward the emails to cinevibescast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us at the Cinevibes on Instagram and tell us how much uh, you would enjoy playing a dog in a video game. Yeah. Tell us about what kind of plays you want to be a part of tell us if you want ken to show run for this play that he got he never got the chance to do 
because yes. I'm, I'm already throwing a boat up for that one. And also, tell us how much you would like to see how Trey got a sick lighting set up in his kitchen. Because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this hot pink uh, background that he's got blurred out, and it just looks like a scene straight out of Drive. Um, I mean... You know, so. it's drive. <laughs> it's drive. It's Ryan Gosling. <laughs> hey, it's fitting for our, uh, you know, branding and everything. Yes, with our brand. I was going to say that. You're you're living the brand day yes. in, day out, and making a sandwich in the light of Cinevibes. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, we thank you all so much for listening and being here with us. Yeah. And we are... Oh.